Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, husband, and my Christmas baby, Dan Takaki. Christmas baby and husband. What yeah, a combo. I know. You know, I got a, I got a two for one from that nice gentleman who married us after we paid him $75 cash. <laughs> Under the table. Alexandria's finest lawyers. (laughs) If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast. One that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. Two favorites because we all loved this. So let's get into it. Dear Daniel, what are we talking about this week? Wow, wow, wow. This week we are wrapping up another iconic Netflix trilogy. Wow. A, Christmas Prince, the royal baby. Do we always call it the Christmas Prince and it's it's a Christmas Prince? No, I always make sure to call it a Christmas Prince, (laughs) implying there are other Christmas Princes. (laughs) Can we talk about a Christmas Prince, the royal baby? No, there's only one royal baby. (laughs) Many Christmas Princes. Once again, this movie stars Rose McIver and Ben Lamb as the titular Christmas Prince. Yeah. Even though, for the past two movies, he has been the king of Aldovia. Well, is the royal baby now the Christmas Prince? No, because it's a princess. Well. (laughs) The Christmas Princess Switch. Switched at birth. Don't do this to me. Melding of the worlds. (laughs) As we all know by now, Kara loves these movies, and I tolerate them to a certain extent. So why don't you tell the lovely folks at home how you thought they would wrap up this trilogy for us? Yeah, I mean, I just love is a very strong word and the correct word as well. Sure. So I thought that they would have a baby. Hence the title, The Royal Baby. What if they didn't? That they stole the baby like George Santos. Wow. Wow. Topical. (laughs) I thought that they would have a baby and argue about how to actually raise that baby. I would say that Richard thinks that the baby needs to be prepared to be a king or a queen, but Amber wants the baby to have a normal life as a child. Real Princess Diana vibes. Mm -hmm. That's really disrespectful for Princess Diana. (laughs) I feel terrible saying that. Don't don't come for me, Di stands. It's it's written in ink now. (laughs) Mm. So they're both dealing with different issues on their own, but don't communicate those troubles to each other at first. Ultimately, they get it resolved and the baby is born on Christmas. And I'm pretty proud of myself because a lot of other shit happened, but that also happened. That So that did happen, but most of that was resolved in a couple of sentences. Sure. Where Amber was like, I want our baby to ride the subway. And Richard was like, I want our kids to go to boarding school. And then they were like, fine, no boarding school, but also no subways. Mm. And that works out because there's no subways in Aldovia. It does work out. Yeah. It does work out. So maybe he'll go to, he'll take the bus and go to prep school like the rest of us. Sure. (laughs) I didn't take the bus. (laughs) I didn't go to prep school. So why don't you go ahead and tell the fine folks at home what you thought this 
cinematic journey would be about. Sure. I just want to say, I called a lot of the shots in this movie because I've nailed the Netflix formula, I think, at this point. I think you've gotten really good at it, yeah. So, I agreed. Obviously, the baby had to be born on Christmas. Obviously. But at the same time, I thought that Amber has to help prepare for the for Christmas at the castle. Mm. And despite everyone continuing to tell her to rest, she's like, I'm from New York. I don't need to rest. <laughs> I thought her token gay friend and black friend would be back. Yeah. And they'd have all sorts of like witty one-liners. Mm-hmm. I also thought in this one, like I think I've predicted in every single movie so far, mm-hmm. that Richard's sister Emily would be like, now that I'm older, I think I actually have a claim to the throne since I said, quote, Mikey B is adopted. <laughs> if you've not listened to our previous episodes about this films series, we have called Ben Lamb like an ugly Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> He does look an astonishingly lot like Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> no relation as far as we can tell. No, one's British and mm. one is Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> I also thought that this would leave a gap for Simon, who is the king's cousin, to try and take the throne. And then this is where I really have nailed the Netflix formula. Sure. I also thought there would be another Asian person who is vaguely Singaporean and British, like in the Princess Switch, uh-huh. which there were. Yeah. And I also, what I would say is the called shot of the year, said that her dad would call them on like an iPad and FaceTime them wishing he could be there. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good for you. (laughs) I I nailed it. But that's all I thought. So much more happened in this. And I'm I'm really ready to dive into this one. And I have a lot to say. Dan has been talking about recording this week. More than he's talked about the fact that we're legally wed, honestly. Because this is like, we're having a wedding. So like, obviously, you know. But this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to talk about a Christmas prince, the royal baby. You know, I have been giving this series a chance for a while, unlike you giving the Princess Switch a chance, and I think I'm ready to stand my ground. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Dear Dan, what happened in this movie? So I know I say this like every episode, but so much is happening in this movie. Sure. We are back in the kingdom of Aldovia, where the blogging queen herself is catching us up on her and Richard's efforts to continue to bring Aldovia into the 21st century. And surprise, surprise, she's pregnant. Wow. So this movie is chock-a-block full of lore, something Kara loves. Kara loves lore. I don't know if we've <laughs> talked about that on the pod, but Kara, Kara's a big lore head. She loves the, huge on the Silmarillion for the Lord of the Rings. You know, she loves lore. She loves when you do deep dives into things worlds yeah ancient families yeah you know as as we all know i'm such a big fan of santa lore Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) so strap in 600 years ago aldovia was in a war with the kingdom of penglia which the map shows is a country that's like 100 to 200 miles away check our twitter and our threads account i posted a map they're not far that's important (laughs) It's like Albania to, like, Bulgaria. Yeah, they're very close. And so the war ended on Christmas Eve when the two princes decided to agree to a peace treaty. And now every hundred years, they meet up to re-sign the treaty at one of the country's kingdoms. And then the treaty goes back to the other country for the next 100 years. Mm. Normally, only the kings sign it. But this year... 
Amber wants to change tradition, again, bringing us into the 21st century. We love it. And have both the kings and the queens sign it. Yeah. But the Panglians are against it because they want to stick to tradition. Sure. And then also the leaders of Panglia are King Tai and Queen Ming. Now you might say to yourself, Dan... Richard and Amber are pretty white-sounding names, and Tai and Ming don't quite sound the most white, and you would be right because Tai and Ming are, what? Asian. (laughs) Not like vaguely, oh, maybe Asian and European. No, they're just Asian. (laughs) They're just, they're just, as I said, probably Singaporean actors um, or Chinese actors, and it's really interesting because the two countries are hundreds of miles apart we are closer in alexandria yeah it would be like going from alexandria to philadelphia i mean different worlds but (laughs) not yeah i go to philly like three times a year (laughs) it's not far so i won't i won't dive too deep into that just yet but you know for the visual sure think about that think about it and that's not necessarily going to reflect on the movie Mm. but that's just a netflix thing to think about yeah netflix is very (laughs) Netflix has been like, we know what we need. We need a bunch of Asian actors to diversify this a bit. And I'm all for it. Sure. But make it make sense. <laughs> you you made up the map. You didn't have to make the countries 200 miles apart. Yeah, th- this could have been a war, you know, over resources. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of miles away. Yeah, I don't know what the, why that choice was made. Sure. Also, one of the Vanessa Hudgens' kingdom is smack dab in the middle of those two countries as well. Yeah, so, I'll get into that. To throw that wrinkle in there. Also at the castle, Amber's friend Melissa arrives. And Amber and Richard realize that she and Simon have been talking and he invited her for the holidays Mm. they're both very skeptical of it of course because they all hate simon even though he proved himself useful in the last movie richard's just constantly skeptical of simon sure did he try and stage a coup in the first movie maybe maybe forgive and forget but like forgive and forget yeah yeah amber's other friend andrew is there and he's been working with and also dating sahil from the previous movie do they ever say that they're dating I was trying to figure this out. I couldn't tell, but they're staying in the same room. Yeah, I feel like this was a Netflix thing where it was like, if you know that he's gay, because I don't know if they ever say he's gay. Oh, no, they definitely do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they don't tell us that they're dating. No, but but I think at the end of the second movie, there's like, it's like either implied or like directly seen that they are together. Mm, I'll need to revisit the texts. Yeah. The the ancient tomes. (laughs) (laughs) To see the lore as it was written. Yes, correct. For all intents and purposes, they are dating, and also they are running a very successful interior decorating business together. Love that for them. A little bit of a stereotype, but go off, I guess. You know, well, Sahil's whole thing was he was a designer in the previous movie. Yeah, yeah. Amber's dad, Rudy, has not been able to make it because there's a horrible blizzard that shuts down the country, which also happened in The the Princess Switch. So I wonder if these movies are happening happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get into this in my fun facts because I have a lot of questions and thoughts. I do too. So anyway, Amber's dad, Rudy, same actor as the second movie, but not the first. He's like FaceTiming them being like, oh, I wish I could be there. But, you know, I got my deli in, in New York City. It's hey, being Rudy. shitty. <laughs> I'm going to get shut down by by Jeremy Jordan. <laughs> it's 
Speak on it. Speak on it. So the night Richard and King Ty are supposed to sign the treaty, mm-hmm. they learn that it's been stolen. Oh, and no. all sorts of suspicion has been raised. Everyone is a suspect. Love and it. because of the blizzard, they believe that the treaty is still on the grounds. It's a bottle episode. It really is. <laughs> with too many characters still. Yeah. So Richard obviously suspects Simon and Lynn. Lynn is the aide to Ty and Ming because they used to date and they're being all like secretive and suspicious throughout the movie. But it turns out not to be them. I shortened their story a lot. <laughs> But we spent a lot of time on the Simon, Lynn, and Melissa, like, love, speculation, suspicion triangle. I would also like to say that clearly Simon and Lynn dated, even though I think it was like that they went to a similar school, because these countries are neighbors. Right. Again, it's like Virginia and Pennsylvania. Like, so close. Yeah. And I will say, Simon only seems to date women of color. (laughs) Good for Simon. Or is he tokenizing people? Does he have a fetish? I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say? We don't get into that part. (laughs) But Simon and Lynn have been working on a plan to help boost both countries' economies, and then Simon proposes to Melissa at the end of the movie. Great. We're done with Simon. (laughs) He's in this a lot, though. That was two sentences. He takes up probably a quarter of the movie. I want to say, I think, is it Simon that does my favorite trope of this trilogy, which is that he plays the piano badly? Someone no. always plays the piano badly in these movies, and everyone's like, oh, wow, brava, brava, you played Silent Night. No, 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 that was King Ty. Oh, King, King Ty, Ty played, played it as Simon. the present for Amber's uh, baby shower. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, Go on. Sorry. So Amber is in investigative journalist mode, trying to solve what happened. And she, Richard, and Emily learn that there are curses and stakes associated with the treaty not being signed, including, number one, there will be a curse put on the firstborn child of the country responsible for the treaty not being signed by midnight on Christmas Eve. Yeah. What a specific curse. No, that's, a, that's correct. And also, if the treaty isn't signed, two things will happen. One, Aldovia is currently in debt to Panglia for $1 billion. <laughs> And they will owe that immediately if the treaty's not signed. Sure. And then number two, Panglia and Aldovia are immediately back at war, (laughs) even though it's said multiple times that neither country has an active military. Yeah, because it's a progressive country. Right. But here's my thing is the billion dollars was already stakes enough. Why did you throw that wrinkle in to then immediately get rid of that wrinkle? <laughs> Both King Tai and Queen Ming and Amber and Richard separately talk about we're gonna might, we're gonna be back at war with them, and they're both like neither of us have active militaries though. <laughs> what does that mean? I also have questions about that because these are tiny countries, but a billion dollars is not a lot. You know, I feel like it's like Austin Powers movies where they're like, one million? What about one billion? But those movies are like 20, 30 years old at this point. Right. That it's like a billion? A war would cost more than a billion dollars. Right. But the whole thing is that Richard fucked up the economy when he tried to build back better. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. That's not what happened. No. Well, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Sorry. Someone was, someone was, Um. what's that thing they do when they take the money out of the out of the funds stealing i don't know <laughs> there's a term i'm thinking of i don't know what term like you're siphoning thinking of. off money into an offshore account oh okay that's what that was the whole plot of the second movie yeah i was like building back better worked no it did but they still they haven't qu- quite finished building back better <laughs> okay you gotta spend money to make money baby 
<laughs> Go on. Anyway, we're not even close to being done yet. So, as mentioned, Amber is pregnant throughout all of this. And so they have a baby shower with the friends and family that are there because, again, no one can show up because of this blizzard. Right. Everyone's stuck in this castle. Yeah. And Amber and Queen Ming are becoming friends. And Richard and King Tai also seem like they've been friends for a long time because like they're neighboring countries and they're both the kings. And yeah. they've probably known each other for a long time. Sure. So Tai is in favor of having Ming sign the treaty. But Ming is worried about how the country will react to her breaking tradition. Mm. Even even though the country seems to love her and she's seen how Aldovia has embraced Amber. So there's some hesitation on her part of like wanting to be the one to break the tradition of Panglia. Sure. Ty and Richard also put together a crib for the baby and talk about fatherhood. It's cute. That's a cute moment. It's a cute moment. We love it. Yeah. So after days of searching the grounds, including having a dog sniff around for it, there's been no luck finding out who took the treaty or where it is until... Something happens. I'll come back to that. <laughs> and Amber starts to put the pieces together about someone whose family made an oath to take down the Panglians for some reason. Uh-huh. Again, I'll come back to that. Amber... <laughs> Are you laughing at how ridiculous this is all is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amber goes into labor, and then while she's in labor... Yeah, she, mid-labor. She sends she sends Emily, who is Richard's l- younger sister. Yeah. Again, Richard and Emily, siblings, Gilmore girls. <laughs> Emily and the queen mother, Helena, go down to the dungeon because she thinks that's where the treaty is hidden. And the reason they haven't checked there before is because one of the servants has talked up there being a ghost in the dungeons. Whoa. We'll come back to him, Halloween too. Halloween movie. And so they go down there, and then they find find the treaty locked up and hidden in a cell. Mm. But then they are briefly trapped inside. But then they just get out in time. Mm -hmm. So while Amber is in labor, which, by the way, they determine she is in labor because she is having bad cramps and back pain. Honestly, same. Right now. No contractions. Her water isn't breaking. It just... Richard goes... Richard calls the doctor and says, She's in labor. She's having back pain and bad cramping. (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's how that works. That's labor. Yes. So Amber's doctor tries to make it through the blizzard to the castle, but she gets stuck. And so Richard goes out on horseback to get her. By the way, as we've mentioned, there are like a dozen people in this castle, including a fully paid staff. Right. Nobody else goes to go get the doctor on horseback. Richard, the king, the husband. The father of the baby. Yes. Goes on horseback in a blizzard. Yeah. Which seems like a national security problem. It's it's a ridiculous choice. And again, I have some thoughts on this whole moment. Sure. It's really incredible. Oh, gosh. That's right. I, I won't steal your thunder. Don't Go spoil on. it. Don't. Don't. <laughs> so Richard goes and gets the doctor. They come back. No problem. Richard gets her and she's like, he's like, you know how to ride horses, right? And she's like, huh, of course I do. <laughs> they get back in time for Amber, Ming, Tai, and Richard all to sign the treaty because Ming has agreed to have all of them sign it. Sure. And then Amber has the baby as her dad shows up, and they name her Ellery after Amber's mother. Oh. Which is really sweet. Yeah. But who stole the treaty? Well, I'm going to have Wikipedia answer that one because I need someone else to spell it out for you. <laughs> <clears throat> Amber reveals the culprit behind the treaty's disappearance, Mr. Little. She discovered that Mr. Little's mother's maiden name was Devon. <laughs> 
the same surname as Prince Claude of Aldovia, who was allegedly poisoned by <laughs> Prince John of Penglia following the original signing of the treaty. Uh-huh. Claude's family swore vengeance, Mr. Little confesses, but he swears he never intended to harm the royal baby. Oh, that's Hel- nice. Helena has Mr. Little sent to the dungeons. <laughs> now, who's Mr. Little, you ask? That's a great question. <laughs> His official title in all three movies is Palace Servant. <laughs> And again, I have some questions about Mr. Little that I will get to into into my notes, but that is the end of the movie. And that is a series wrap on a Christmas prince. I have a lot of notes. So do things I. Things I want to say. Yeah. Well, you know, let's get into it. Okay. I liked this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was 82 minutes long. Sure. Which is a pleasant length for a film. Uh-huh. You know, we recently saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh-huh. And that film is not 82 minutes long. No, but it's much better. That's not the point I'm making. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just saw Godzilla minus one, and that's two hours. Great. I'm talking about the 82 minutes of this film. Yeah. It's compact. It's short. Gets you in. It gets you out. I liked it. There are some things that I enjoyed. Number one, I think that Richard and Amber have decent chemistry in this. Okay. Okay? Okay. I can buy that. Yeah. I think that their chemistry has gotten better. I think we can all agree their chemistry has gotten better. Now that they've spent seven months (laughs) together in their lives, it's gotten better. You're right. Now, I liked that it all took place in the castle. Mm -hmm. I like a bottle episode. It's like a play. I love plays. Famously. I mean, there is a scene where they do go to the town and have the winter yeah, festival in town. Yeah, that's just a different set. That's a different set. That, this could be brought to the stage easily. Easily. <laughs> ah. And I think that would be interesting. And we could have Mike Birbiglia play reprise his role <laughs> as Richard. <laughs> wow. I mean, you really could. You really could do that. Yes. Now, those are some positive things about this. <laughs> <laughs> Run length. Main actors have chemistry. They do. One set. Yes. Now, um, the story, is there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Like, the problem, again, that we are starting to face with the Netflix movies in particular, especially now that we've delved into the Hallmark waters, if you didn't listen to our Hanukkah on Rye episode, go listen to it. It's fascinating. I think what is the strength of a Hallmark film is that it knows what it is, and it is trying to be one thing. Mm. And I think these Netflix films are trying to be too many things. Sure. So in the second movie, they're like, we're building back better and we're having a wedding. That's too much plot. In this one, it's like, I'm having a baby and there's a bottle episode about a secret document from another kingdom. And it's like, I don't need this other plot. Why can't having a baby be a movie? We could have an entire movie about Richard and Amber getting ready for the baby and the baby shower. And then the baby is born. Famously, this has been done well by the Father of the Bride films. Mm-hmm. Where in Father of the Bride, they just have a wedding. And in Father of the Bride of the Two, they have two babies. Spoilers for Father of the Bride too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's done well. And you know who's in those films? Golden Globe nominee, Karen Culkin. <laughs> And Golden Globe nominee Steve Martin. Yes. So a lot to think about. Oh my gosh, they're going to be at the Globes together. That'll be cute. So sweet. So sweet. So... No, who's not nominated for a Golden Globe? Mike Birbiglia. Ben um, Lamb. Actually, Mike Birbiglia <laughs> might be, because he had a comedy special come out this year. I shouldn't shit on Mike Birbiglia. I've seen Mike Birbiglia live. He's one of my favorite comics. We've I talked about him. this. We love Mike Birbiglia. We love Mike Birbiglia. Okay. 
Um, I'm tired of these Netflix films trying to be more than they need to be. Uh-huh. I'm also tired of these mediocre looking people. <laughs> At least Vanessa Hudgens is indisputably hot. Right. Which I, I know is your main argument for the Princess Switch movies. <laughs> and am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're right. Ty and Ming were hot in this. Ty and Ming were hot in this. That is true. But they were not given a lot to work with. And they weren't hot together. You know? Yeah. They were just hot. Right. I would have loved a little more sexual chemistry. Mm, fair. Whereas I wasn't, like, needing sexual chem- chemistry from Amber and Richard. I was like, I don't want to see these milk toast people do anything. I just would like it if they got along. I mean, that was my issue in the first two movies, is that they weren't compatible. Well... Okay, calm down. (laughs) In this one, they're like people that are co-parenting, like friends that are (laughs) co-parenting. I was going to save this for my fun facts because, um, spoiler alert for fun facts, I sometimes do reviews, but I'm going to bring it in right now. This is a Letterboxd review. Ooh, this made it on Letterboxd? Yeah, this movie's on Letterboxd. Most of the Netflix movies are. Wow. So this review from Tim H., Gave it one and a half stars. It has 363 likes on Letterboxd, it says. Okay, so this movie has a reference to The Kingdom from the Princess Switch starring Vanessa Hudgens. But in that movie, they watched the original Christmas Prince movie. And A Night Before Christmas, which also stars Vanessa Hudgens, a film we have not seen, Mm -hmm. references the kingdom in A Christmas Prince. So we have a universe where the movies themselves exist within the universe, and Vanessa Hudgens is two different people, one of which has an identical twin who's a princess, meaning it has a grand total of three Vanessa Hudgens. And now we know four four Vanessa Hudgens. I can't tell if this is a stroke of genius or insanity, but either way, I'm losing my fucking mind. Well, it's interesting, too, because I think Richard and Amber go to Margaret's wedding. Yeah, they do. In the second Princess Switch, which, again, confuses it even more. Yes. But I like that. I'm kind of into that. There is another uh, review that has a half star from uh, a review by Emmeline2 underscore zero. And this is a real note, and I'm going to end it for my notes here because I am livid about this. Okay. I liked the second movie quite a bit. And one of the things I liked about it was the build back better out aspect, despite me being like, I think movies should just be one thing when they are Netflix films. So this reviewer says, I was genuinely hoping this movie would be about the revolution the second one set up. Mm -hmm. Sadly, it does not tackle the subject and no royals are guillotined. I agree. Yeah. This film's tough. Tough? That's it? Yeah. That's all you have to say? That's all I have to say for myself. How about you? What are some of your notes? Oh, baby. Let's get into it. Okay, so this ties into your commentary with The Princess Switch. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about these two trilogies kind of like together and are viewing and recording and reporting on these movies. Oh. So we know that if they were teams, I am team Princess Switch, you are team Christmas Prince. Correct. You know, that's been kind of the situation since we started. Yeah. And it's interesting how both of those films kind of start similarly like the film series where like Mm. girl from the u.s comes to european country for x reason yeah falls in love with a royal yes then they get married or get together right yeah pretty simple standard formula but from there they diverge completely and i would argue the original films of all of these trilogies are the best ones i i disagree um, I think the second Christmas Prince is the best one. Oh, I disagree. No, no, no. I think, I think, I, I don't, I think in the first Christmas Prince, no one knows how to act. I think, 
I think you need to revisit The First Christmas Prince. I think you're remembering it as way worse than it actually is. Maybe. I did give it, I think, a zero. You did not like it. I really didn't like it. And now that you're older, wiser, and have experienced the true cruelties of the world. Sure. (laughs) I think you know. You might see it with kinder eyes. It's possible. But I I remember the second one of A Christmas Prince being the one that I enjoyed watching the most. Okay. And I think if you were to stack up all six... Mm. For me, for me, Princess Switch number one is the best one, clearly, in my mind. Okay. And that, but I think in the aggregate, A Christmas Prince is a more cohesive and good trilogy. Wow. Princess Switch number one is the best, but Princess Switch three is easily the worst. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think, I think there's something to be said about that, though. Superlatives, for sure. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I really, I really enjoy watching a Princess Switch because of how insane it is. Sure. Where this one feels like it's kind of reaching for that Princess Switch insanity. Oh, I don't think it's trying to do that at all. I think this one's trying to reach a little bit no, for that. No, I don't think so. I disagree. I don't know. It feels like they're trying to do like a little mini, mini heist, mini investigation in this one. It's a bottle episode. The other one had a full ball and like a laser safe. No, no, no. I know that. They they went there. This one this one's this one's like dipping its toe in the water but didn't go far enough. That's what I'm saying. Since you gave your rankings, can I give mine real quick? Yeah. For me, it's Christmas Prince 1, Princess Switch 1. Sure. The Royal Wedding, The Royal Baby, Switched Again, and Romancing the Star. I think I would go Switch 1, Prince 2, Prince 1, Switch 2, Prince 3, Switch 3. <laughs> I love our fun little hobby. <laughs> I think it's really good. I think it's, uh, you know. But Hurts no one. Entertains <laughs> thousands at this point. Good for the economy. Good for the economy. Okay. You know, I, I will take that. I will take that negotiation and shake on it and say that the that the, the highs are higher um, and the lows are lower with Switch. But yeah. Prince is more cohesive. I'm good with that. Great. Great. Agree, agreed, but also disagreeing agreeing on some things. Agreeing to disagree, but agreeing. And again, the superlatives. I think that's important. <sighs> the Princess Switch movies make me nauseous. Yeah, and these ones make me want to fall asleep. Like, Yeah, but you love sleeping. Yeah, but not when I'm trying to watch a movie for a podcast I'm recording. Except for the Ranklin, Rankin and Bass ones. Oh, I've seen all those. <laughs> You love falling asleep to those. I know. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the get back to my notes a little bit. I think this movie's just kind of meh. Mm. <laughs> like there's there are too many characters. Yeah, there's too many characters. And you know, say what we will about Princess Switch three. A, again, a lot of characters in that, but they do like to their disadvantage backseat Stacy in that movie a lot. Yeah, which like she's the best of the three. Yeah. But, like, they backseat her, and she's not really in the movie. But this one, they put everybody, like, front and center for everything. Everyone's got something going on. Everybody's got a grift they're running. (laughs) Everybody's trying to make make their moment, make their mark. Was Simon bad in this? No, Simon wasn't bad, but Simon was conspiring with Lydia Lynn Lynn to was... propose to Melissa. Yeah, Simon Simon proposed to Melissa. But that's what he was conspiring. Yes, but they were also trying to renegotiate and settle the country's debts. Because Simon was trying to vie for, like, a lordship or a position title. And at the end of the movie, 
Richard, make Simon a duke. <laughs> right, right. So, like, he's got a whole grift running. Andrew and Sahil are, like, planning this baby shower and also trying to, like, redecorate the inside of the castle. Yeah. There's too much going on. There's too much going on. I didn't even get into, like, Emily and Helena, but they're up to something the whole movie, too. <laughs> God, I still, I still have so many things to say. I mentioned before, Richard goes out on horseback to go get the doctor in the snow. Yeah. And while Richard is on his horse yes. in the woods, mm-hmm. he hears the howling of wolves. And Richard says the line, not tonight. <laughs> At the wolves' direction. Yeah. The wolves howl. He stops, looks into the woods and says, not tonight. And then takes <laughs> off running. And... Okay. I know you're going to explain what this means, I guess, or is a reference to. But as someone who I did see the original Christmas Prince movies several, the first one several times. Yeah. I had no memory of wolves ever. And when he did that, that not tonight, I was like, is he telling the wolves he's not going to fuck them tonight? Yeah, I mean that's my that was that was my first question too. I'm like, is he a werewolf? Yeah, is like, he is part he, wolf? Yeah, like what is Richard an anamorph? Like, what's his what's whole... going on? So my inference is that in the first movie, I had to look this up too because I also didn't remember. Sure, Amber is almost attacked by a wolf in the first movie, and Richard oh, saves her. And then they go into his little cabin, into the cabin, and that's where she finds out that. He's he adopted, was adopted, but yes. his dad signed a thing that's saying mm-hmm. it's okay to be adopted. And really Great movie. Insane. Again, <laughs> nonsense. The way he says it, he's like, oh, man, not tonight, guys. I got I got something. I got a baby being born. I can't, I can't chill with the boys tonight. <laughs> I don't want Simon and, and Ty to get jealous that I'm hanging out with the boys without them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, why are the Panglians Asian? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Peter from Princess Switch is also Panglian, though. Oh, interesting. I mean, he has to be. <laughs> He literally has to be. (laughs) There's no other Asians in sight. There's no other option for him to be. (laughs) They're all penguins. Um, My brother flagged this, that they just sort of superimpose these European countries, I guess these European kingdoms or whatever, into present day Europe. You can see Italy's boot on the map if you look closely. Yeah, which is a mistake because you're just erasing countries that actually like this is lazy like just make an entirely new like if you're gonna show it on the screen Mm -hmm. just erase all the other countries names and make up other ones like this is a fictional universe you know oh i guess except the united states has to exist because of the princess switch of it all but but, like but also amber's from new york amber was a fashion like a fashion writer in new york yeah but i mean maybe maybe the eu just went through like a revolution or something you know did there was a six a war 600 years ago between these two (laughs) kingdoms i'm just saying it's like the hunger games you know like how in the hunger games it's like very clear it's the united states sure and like all the districts but it's not like oh here's district 12 and there's hawaii you know like it's just yeah that's true all the all the 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 districts are in the united states supposedly so like just 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 remap europe yeah all of it and again like i'm fine with the penguins yeah being asian i think that's great But if, yeah, just, what do you got against the Asian people, just, Dan Takaki? Just, just put the country in Asia. There's no reason <laughs> these need to be bordering countries. That's also fair. Also fair. Like, it's planes exist. Well, not 600 years ago they didn't. Well. Boats did. 
boats did and land war <laughs> existed. Oh, God. And then my final note, which I think really is, I think, the biggest plot hole in the entire movie. Mm. So Mr. Little, who is one of the servants, right? Yeah. And he's the one who stole the treaty to get revenge on, like, alleged poisoning from one of the princes to the other prince, right? Sure. So if Mr. Little is related to Prince Claude, who was, you know, assumingly the prince, then became the king. Yeah. Right. If he's related to that person, why is Mr. Little a servant? (laughs) And why is he not even remotely titled? Even if it's like, oh, that was your cousin's cousin or something, right? You're still technically, like, in the bloodline, right? I guess. Why is he a servant? I think that there is some real opportunities here. If you are a fan of Bridgerton, you know that there's an off, like a series that spun out from Bridgerton that's all about the queen. Right. So maybe we're going to get a Mr. Little Prince Claude series of Netflix films. I don't think we are, but that would be interesting. I would take a King Tai and Queen Ming series. I would too. I would too. Yeah, I thought they were very interesting. They, you know, they had a family of their own. They had a bunch of kids. Yeah. What's their story? What's going on there? Yeah. I don't know. And again, it's so confusing because as established, the bloodline doesn't actually matter because <laughs> Richard is adopted. <laughs> yeah, that's I just, fair too. I just, I, if I were Mr. Little, I would be trying to make some sort of claim to something. Yeah. You know, like a castle in Scotland. Yeah. I don't know. I'm seeing that this is the end of your notes, and I wanted to jump in with a note of my own. Sure. Now that we have watched two Netflix properties yeah. beginning to end, six films, mm-hmm. I have to say that I am a little disappointed with both properties. Oh? Because Netflix had the opportunity to make something good here. And they chose not to take it. And we know Netflix can make good movies. Right. We know Netflix has good programming. Right. We've watched endless Netflix properties that are good. It feels like a crime that both this and Stranger Things were produced by Netflix. It does. It feels like a criminal crime. (laughs) And I, I agree. I think somewhere in these series of films, there is good stories and interesting and at least like fun stories to tell. Yeah. I would really like this moving if only the writing, directing, and acting were better. <laughs> because I think I think the story in and of itself of an old like treaty being stolen, warring co- countries that isn't are like, coming together. Isn't the crown a Netflix property? Isn't what the crown? I think so. I think the crown is a Netflix property, right? And so is Bridgerton. Yeah, and I think that. I hadn't watched The Crown or Bridgerton, and I didn't think that I enjoyed royal films or things like that. And maybe it's because I hadn't been exposed to good ones. Because I have since consumed the bulk of The Crown, most of which I think is very good. Mm -hmm. The rest of it I think is good, but is just boring and I don't care because British people. And then I've watched Bridgerton, which I used to argue was trash, but that I loved it anyway. And now I've rewatched it a million times and I'm like, Bridgerton's actually very good. Right. And so these films about these royals kind of make me upset because I'm like, Netflix, (laughs) clearly you know how to do this. I do wonder if there is like a separate like holiday movie division that is that is like trying to essentially recreate that hallmark hallmarkification of it. But there's also like kind of like some Netflix stuff going on. We need to pick one thing. Netflix. Why can't we just have good programming across the board? I mean, I there's so much in the actual like cinema world dialogue mm-hmm. about like what a crazy company Netflix is. Right. <laughs> Well, like the other thing is um, Christmas Chronicles, which we watched this year, that is a Netflix produced movie. 
I mean, Christmas Chronicles is not good. I have one more thing I need to say. Sure. This is a long episode, friends. Bear with me. So I haven't even talked to you about this yet, but Mm -hmm. a friend of mine from grad school, her name's Kate. What up, Kate? I don't know if you listen to this, but posted a TikTok mere hours ago Uh where she was talking. She made an argument about what is and isn't a Christmas movie that I thought was fascinating. Hmm. And I brought this up because we haven't had that conversation of like, is this a Christmas movie? Because we just sort of make it a given that it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. And in it, she argues that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, not because it's lacking in Christmas, but because you can watch Die Hard any time of the year. Hmm. And that a Christmas movie is a movie that you only watch in Christmas, which is why movies like The Sound of Music are often considered Christmas movies because people only watch them during the Christmas season. And I think that's an interesting wrinkle into the larger conversation of what is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. I, I, I don't specifically don't agree with the Sound of Music premise because sure. that's one of your favorite movies, if not your favorite movie. And so I watch it all the time. You watch it all the time. My first image of the Sound of Music is like spring. Right. Like when the hills are alive. Correct. Right. Like I. It's it, not a winter film. No. Um, again, I. Just because she said these are my favorite things and that's played at Christmas, people like think that's Christmas. But it's not. It's not. There's so many other songs in that. We'll save it. One day we'll have to do the sound of music because so many people yeah. do consider it a Christmas. No, movie. but I mean like the premise of itself of you only watch it during Christmas is interesting. Yeah, because we've talked about doing The Godfather on this podcast because I well, I watch The Godfather other times, but I traditionally watch The Godfather on Christmas. Right. So, and and when you were like it's a Christmas movie, I'm like it's not. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. But I like the idea of there are like I would never watch Elf and sure. uh, outside of the Christmas season. However, and this is interesting to talk about something that you have retracted i would watch it's a wonderful life outside of christmas thank you and i think that's interesting i think it's interesting and i i would be maybe let's (laughs) i know we're already deep into this episode (laughs) but let's like rapid fire go through movies we've watched and you tell me just yes or no gut check okay would i watch would i watch it outside of christmas okay yes home alone Ooh, yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to go yes yeah, or no. Yeah. Don't need to explain. Don't need to A explain. Christmas Story. No. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. The Grinch. No. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, Halloween. Yes. Yes. Uh, other than Halloween? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Polar Express. No. The Holiday. No. Really? Oh, I would not watch it. You out- wouldn't You wouldn't watch The Holiday outside of Christmas? No, absolutely Ooh, not. I think I might. Ooh. I love that movie, though. Love Actually. No. Miracle on 34th. No. Elf, Rudolph, the Santa Claus. No. Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, so here's the wrinkle and the problem with this. Some of these I'm saying yes to just because they're such good movies. Right. Like Nightmare Before Christmas is such a good movie that I want to watch it all the time. Right. But like, would you or have you? For some oh, time? no. No, I haven't. Muppets Christmas Carol. No. Last Christmas. No. Um. Okay. Home Alone 2. No. Die Hard. I would, yes. Yeah. White Christmas. No. I almost think I would. Yeah, I paused. I think I would watch White Christmas outside of the Christmas yeah, season. Yeah, Because, again, not all, not all of it takes place during Christmas. Yeah. Gremlins. Ooh. I would absolutely watch that. I think I would watch season. it outside of Christmas, yes. Would, imagine watching that um, on, like, a projector screen during the summer. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, outside of Christmas-themed things, because now that Hallmark has its whole Christmas in July thing, and we have our Christmas in July episode, right. like, everything's out the window. Also, as a podcast, people, like, we watch Christmas movies all the time because we start recording early. So Our, our, our views are skewed, but, like, you yeah, know, the premise yeah, stands. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just going to go through the ones that I think are like maybe questionable. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally. I would watch that anytime. anytime. A Charlie Brown Christmas. No. Meet Me in St. Louis. I don't think that's a Christmas film. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's a propaganda film for arguably America's worst city. Krampus. Uh, no. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. Little Women. Yes. Yeah. And then going through this season really quick, Shop Around the Corner. Yes. Jack Frost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I think all the other ones, I feel like would I would just generally be like, yeah, that's obviously we watched. That's the right. only appropriate time to watch that but movie. But I, I just, I had to bring it in before we got to the, the double header of, of our last episodes. It's, this is a deeper dive of an episode because we're not just talking about A Christmas Prince. Mm-hmm. We're talking about A Princess Switch, the Netflix properties generally, and honestly taking a little bit of a, a reflection on what this podcast is. What is a Christmas movie? So... To bring back what used to be one of our main critiques that we would always say, like I always bring up runtime, is A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby, a Christmas movie. I would say it is the least Christmas of the three movies. So no. Wow. I think Christmas is thrown to the wayside in this movie. Yeah. In favor of the baby and the treaty. Yeah. I think Christmas is a background player and it could just be winter. Wow. Huge. What do you think? Do you think this is a Christmas movie or is it a winter movie? Mm, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I don't think it's a Christmas movie. However, I would also say that the last Christmas Switch films, both of them are not Christmas movies either. I think the second one is because there's a whole thing about them going to the Christmas fair and like Santa's around and stuff like that but the third one's third one's just a heist movie yeah the third one's oceans four so i think we've covered a lot so far yeah but why don't you go ahead and tell us some fun facts about this movie and maybe the trilogy on on the whole absolutely we've covered a lot of what i wanted to say already so i'm just gonna go through these fun facts because i think they're interesting perfect this is considered the worst of the three christmas prince films this has a 36 percent on rotten tomatoes (laughs) oh no (laughs) christmas prince 2 the royal wedding has a 50 percent okay and the original christmas prince has a 73 percent that's shocking I really think that next year we have to consider throwing in a couple of episodes where we revisit films we've already seen because I think you need to rewatch A Christmas Prince. Here's the thing about that 76. I would bet, you don't have to look this up, but I would bet the number of reviews from one, two to three have dropped significantly. It's very possible. That probably had hundreds of reviews and I'm guessing that two and three have significantly less. This is also the shortest of the trilogy coming in at 85 minutes. Uh huh. This was a fun fact. Both Christmas Prince 2 and the original Christmas Prince were both exactly 92 minutes. Huh. I don't know how they did that. Good for them. There's a scene where there's a baby shower and everyone's looking at baby pictures. Yeah. The cast used real baby pictures of themselves as fa- or other family members for the board, which I think is kind of cute. That's cute. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason not to. (laughs) Just a fake baby picture of somebody else. Chat GPT. Make a baby picture. The rest of my fun facts were uh, already deeply covered uh, when we discussed the the fact that this is a fictional country that appears in other Netflix films. Yeah. So that's it for my fun facts. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. You know, we covered a lot of fun facts during it. So it being a shorter fun fact section, that's okay. That's okay. You know? We've had a lot to say. We've had a lot to say. Now, before I get into our outro and our rankings, there's something else I need to address very quickly, which is there has been a TikTok going around recently talking about the 12 days of Christmas. (laughs) 
And there is a man who is claiming that every day of Christmas in the 12 days of Christmas is a bird. Yeah. And that the five golden rings represent like the golden rings around the neck of a like a bird. Yeah. And they're all birds. Maids of milking is a different thing. And pipers piping is are like piping plovers and drummers drumming are something else. And I just want to say I buy the piping plovers and none of the other ones. <laughs> You need to have the Bird of the Week guy, our favorite TikTok, do a deep dive on this. We need bird journalists to verify TikTok.com. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to say, if you've seen that around, I think I reposted it on my TikTok account. We may have have been spreading that around. It might be true. I don't know if I believe it, but we're going to keep our rankings as is. Maids and milking are little tiny maids. Little tiny maids. They're so strong. Milking the cows, the sweet udders. (laughs) Alrighty, folks, as we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how would you rate A Christmas Prince, the royal baby? I would give it three French hens. Wow, three French hens. Yes, I think that France is probably still in this European Union near these countries. Mm -hmm. And I think that that they get three French hens because this is the third film. And I didn't care too much for it. No. That's pretty good for me. That is good for you. Like that I've grown to accept that this is a complicated trilogy. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You know, my my head was going to rate this actually higher than that. But, wow. But I'm not going to now that I know what you ranked it. <laughs> What were you considering ranking it? Probably probably four calling birds okay. was going to be my initial rating. That's but, good you know, knowing that you've given it a three, that feels like I've been given permission to drop oh, down no. to two Aldovian turtle doves. Aldovian turtle doves. Wow. A rare breed of Aldovian turtle doves that have been brought into the 21st century. Can I say maybe you got you gave four, but then the wolves got two of them. <laughs> The wolves did get two of my calling birds. So maybe it's two, two calling, calling birds. birds. <laughs> they were calling too loud and the wolves found them. The wolves found them. You know, I didn't I didn't like this movie. Mm. But I want to give it a little bit of credit because I think there is an interesting movie in here. Somewhere. Somewhere. In my memory. Not in my memory. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We're only 10 days away from Christmas. And we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this and, you know, the other two Christmas Prince episodes. A Christmas Wince and A Christmas Prince 2 Unions. (laughs) Please share those in this episode with your friends if they aren't already listening. And be sure to leave us a review. Comment on on the fact that we've unpacked several trilogies on this podcast. (laughs) And which was your favorite, just so we know that you're listening. Join us next week for our two-episode season finale, where we will be watching Scrooged and Carol. Wow, very different films. You know, we've been putting off Scrooge for a while, but we've I think it's time. We've been putting off Carol for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And as we say every episode, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.